0: Hello and welcome to Soul Survivor, Main Meeting Talks from April Conference 2019. We hope you enjoy. So what we're going to do is we're going to read from the Bible, then I'm going to talk about the Bible, and then uh, we're going to have a response time, we'll sing a bit more, and that'll that'll be the night. Yep, sounds good. Okay, so are you ready? John chapter 6. From verse twenty-five, and let me just give you a little bit of context before we get into it. Uh, Jesus has been traveling around with his disciples. He's done a bunch of miracles. He's healed some people. Most recently, he has done—he uh, has fed five thousand people, uh, which with which is a big deal, and he's done it with five loaves and two fish, and it multiplied, and everyone got to eat. Actually, five thousand men, and then they had. They might have had their wives there and some kids and that kind of stuff. So that was a big deal, and that's significant of what we're about to read. And then after that, the disciples hopped on a boat, then Jesus walked on water, which is a whole other thing, and then they arrived in a place called Capernaum, and now uh, Jesus and his disciples are in Capernaum, and a bunch of people have come to find him. So there you go. There's the context, and we can get on with it. This is what it says. When they found him, that's Jesus, on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? to believe in the one he has sent. So they asked him, What sign then will you give us that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But as I told you, you have seen me, but still you do not believe. All those the Father gives me will come to me and whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of Him who sent me. And this is the will of Him who sent me that I shall lose none of those He has given me, but raise them up at the last day. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in Him shall have eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. Who likes getting free stuff? Who, who Who's the person who, like, you're in the supermarket and then you're walking along and then you see someone giving out free stuff and you're like, oh, yeah, free stuff. <laughs> and it doesn't matter what it is. If it's, like, yogurt, you get it. If it's cereal, you get it. If it's, like, you know, like, old old person, keep your regular stuff, you get it. It doesn't matter. It's like, yeah, we get it for free. You, who's those people? Yeah. Two. Great. Uh, I I like getting free stuff. I I like all sorts of free stuff. I want to tell you about the thing I got for free, which is the greatest thing that I've ever received for free, I think, the greatest physical thing that I've ever received for free, and that is my phone. This is it right here. Oh, I was going to time myself. There we go. Now I'm timing. See if I win. And uh, this is this phone I got for free, and the way it happened, this is an iPhone 6S, and it happened because I was, I, the iPhone was coming out, and I was the kind of person that every time a new phone came out, I'd be like, I'm, I'm ready. As soon as my contract's over, I'm getting a new phone. I'm really excited. So they advertised the iPhone 6S, and I'm like, I'm going to order it. I'm going to get online, I'm going to be there. So I got on the website, I was waiting for it, and I I went to pre-order, and I got to look at all the colors, I was like, space gray, I want space gray, that is the best, most manly color, I'm picking it. So I picked space gray, and I went to pre-order, and then I was like, hold on, maybe I don't need a new phone. Yeah, I probably don't, so I canceled the order, and I left, and then I talked to my friend, and he was like, why did you cancel the order? You should go back and order the phone. Like, you want a new phone. I was like, I do want a new phone. The 6S is so much better than the 6. It can do many other things that the 6 can't do. I don't remember what they are now, but there were many things. So I like, well, I'll order it. I'll, I will. I'll go order it. And, and he, he wanted me to do it. He told me to do it. He's the same person who told me I should date Emily. And, so, and that worked out well. So I thought maybe I should do the same thing with my phone. So I, I went. I was like, I'm going to order the phone. So I jumped back online. I was like, order the phone. And then I ordered it. And as soon as I'd done it, I was like, oh i didn 't remember to change the color, and so it defaulted to rose gold <laughs> and I was like, "Oh no, i don 't want rose gold because I have been told throughout my whole life that to have, a, have anything pink is very unmanly. The patriarchy has got to me, and so I don't want to have a pink phone because else people see me walking down the road with my pink phone. They're like, "Whoa, look at that man with a pink phone! Is he even a man? I don't know. I don't want that." And so I was, I was like, "I've got to deal with this." So I, you know, got online. It's like, "Please help me! I need to turn, you know, change the color of my phone." They're like, "We can't help you. All the phones have gone. You're stuck with the phone you got. You can cancel your order, or you can, you know." Just stick with your phone. I was like, what do I do? And I was like, how how do I solve this? Like, I might be stuck without a brand new phone for three weeks. Or I could be stuck with a pink phone. This is a terrible dilemma. Like, this is how privileged my life is. (laughs) I'm like, oh, no, what am I going to do? Anyway, eventually, I was like, I'm going to cancel the order, and I will live without a brand new phone for a few weeks. So I canceled the order, and then I got a text message. Your order is canceled. Great. Then I got another text message. Your phone is on its way, but I canceled the order. I was like, well, well let's just see what happens. And then the day before the phone arrives, it says, the phone is arriving. It's like, but I canceled the order. And then the next day, up turns a rose gold phone. I was like, wow. And so I was like, all right, I need to tell them I got this phone. And I jumped online and I said would you like a new phone? I was like, I've got a new phone. I was like, do you want to renew your contract? I thought I did renew my contract. And so I talked to the, tel- the, the telephone people, and I said, <laughs> I said, did you realize you've given me a free phone? And they're like, what phone? I was like, yeah, what phone? I don't know. <laughs> I really thought I should actually make, clear it up. So I wrote the whole thing out, and went onto those online chat things. I got this phone, you sent it to me accidentally. Am I allowed to use it? I'm not paying for it. Can I have it, please? They said, yes, you can. I said, like, great, screenshot, done, save. I've got the phone, hooray. <laughs> And so I kept the phone, I got a free phone. I've never upgraded the phone because how can you top a free phone? Like as long as this phone works, it's better than any other phone that I could actually have to pay money for. And then you know what's even better? The battery in these, when they made them, was a little bit bad. And so Apple was like, who wants a free battery? I was like, I want a free battery. <laughs> so I got a free battery as well. How good is that? Yeah. So I got free stuff. And <laughs> And, the, the, and, and I don't know if you're sitting there going, wow, I want more free. I want that to happen to me. Maybe you are, because we love getting free stuff. If I can work out how to get another free phone, I will. If I can work out how to get, you know, free internet, I'll get that. Whatever I can get for free, I will get it. Now, I tell you this because in this story that we see, there are people who come to Jesus, and they also love free stuff. They really love free stuff. They're just like you and me. Because they see Jesus, and He's fed 5,000 people. And they're like, look at all those people. So many people got bread. We love bread. We want more bread. Let's go to Jesus, and He'll give us some bread. And so they go find Jesus. And they say, Rabbi, which means teacher, teacher, when did you get here? And then Jesus says to them, says, very truly, I tell you, you are not looking for me. You are looking for me not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. He's saying you're looking for me not because you saw the miracles that I did and thought, wow, this guy is probably the Messiah or is from God, and we need to know more about him so we can know God better. You were looking for me because you just want free stuff. And and that's probably the case. Now, for those guys, getting bread was a big deal because, you know, while we, you know, get bread relatively cheap, in those days, you spent a lot of your life working for food. Most of your life was about working for food. So it's like, finding the guy who's handing out $200 every day. Like, if that was the case, you would look for that guy. It would be very hard to listen to anything else he had to say. You'd just be like, mm, give me the money. That's what you'd be thinking. Now, we look at think about this and we're like, oh, yeah, those silly people. But the truth is that I think we do the same thing with Jesus too, that we love Jesus a lot because of the stuff that he gives us. We're like, I really like Jesus because there's so many good things that he gives us. And I love all of Jesus stuff. And we forget a bit about actually loving Jesus. And you might say, I don't know if that's me. How do I know? Well, I think because you can, you know, think about the things that you actually really love about your faith. I spend a lot of time asking people, what do you like about being a Christian? Or what do you love about being a Christian? And I get a lot of different answers. Some people say, what I really love about being a Christian is I just love the community. I love being with a bunch of people who know me and who love me and who look after me. I love having those people around me. And that's good. That's great. It is good to have that. Or other people will tell me something else good. They'll say, you know what I love? I love worship. I love just spending time singing. I just really love the knowing that I'm, I'm there in the presence of God. I love it. I'm like, great. That's fantastic. Or other people like, I really love knowing the truth. I love that I can, I can read God's Word, I can know what is true, and I can help other people know and understand what is true. Great. Also good. Or some people are like, you know what I really love? I love that, you know, the kingdom of heaven is breaking in, and we're seeing lots of things happen. We're seeing miracles and people getting healed. We're seeing people with, you know, getting prophecies. You know, I really love seeing that happen, that God is at work in the world. Also great. But if, if that is what your whole faith is about, If that is what your faith is built on, then you have missed the whole point of Jesus. Because these are the good things that come with Jesus, but they are not Jesus. They are good gifts from Jesus, but you have missed out on on what they point to. They all point to Jesus. Jesus was upset that they came to Him and didn't recognize the signs and thought the signs were the thing. But that's not how it works. The signs are just temporary things which are pointing to the eternal. And that's why Jesus goes on to say this. He says, Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him God the Father has placed his seal of approval. These, Jesus is saying, don't put your effort into getting something which is temporary when you have already been given what is eternal. We don't want to be people who get distracted by the temporary and miss out on the eternal. And because the temporary things, you just have to keep working for. It's like, who's excited about Endgame? Yeah. It comes out tomorrow. Very exciting. I'm excited. Uh, It's it's a bit sad that you're here and you don't get to go to Endgame. But I suspect there are some of you, don't, don't say it, but some of you, especially leaders who are going to sneak off and watch it and then come back. No spoilers, please. Now, who got really excited when the Endgame trailer came out? Yeah, see, the trailers are exciting. You wait. You're waiting, and you're waiting till the the, they they drop a trailer, and then everyone jumps on like, there's a new trailer for Endgame out there, and then they're like, oh, watch it, and then you you get another one, you're like, oh, watch that, and then they have all these videos that pop up on YouTube about everything you can learn about the movie from the trailer, like you know, it's like 26 things about Endgame that you didn't see in the trailer, or like 35 clues to the plot that you didn't see, or 150 things about Endgame that you can learn from Hawkeye's haircut. Like, you spend all your time you know, watching these things, waiting for the thing that's actually going to come, which is the movie. You're excited about the movie. The trailer is a temporary thing that is pointing to the movie. Now, if Marvel's like dropped the trailer, and then you're like, when's Endgame coming out? And it's like, it's not. It's just the trailer. You'd be like, what? Be very disappointed because it, the temporary things are not what you really get excited about. It's just waiting because it's a sign for the thing which lasts, and that's the movie. Well, what, the good things that God gives us because of Jesus, the, th- the fact that we get to hang out with His people, the fact that we get to know, uh, we get to read the Bible and know who God is, the fact that we get to spend time in worship, the fact that God does amazing things, to, to like miraculous things, all those things are not the thing. The thing is Jesus, and they all are signs to point to Jesus. And the people, when they hear Jesus say this, they don't know, they don't quite figure out what Jesus is saying. And so they think, oh, eternal bread, that's a great idea. And so then they ask Jesus this. They say, what must we do uh, to do the works that God requires? Because they think, oh, this eternal bread, we can just do some stuff, and then we will get it. If we, if we say the right prayer or we you know, do the right sacrifice, if we do the right thing, then God, Jesus will be able to give us this eternal bread that lasts forever. And so Jesus tells them what the work is. He says, the work of God is this, to believe in the one He has sent. He's saying it's not a work. You don't do things to get stuff from God. You just believe. You believe in Jesus. It's not a work. It's a belief. It's a trust. It's a relationship. If things are going well in your relationship with your parents, you don't work to get their love. You just are in relationship with them. You trust them as your parents. They love you, and you love them. That's how it works. You don't work for it. But if you are striving for something which is temporary, then you have to keep working, because the whole point of something which is temporary is that it goes away. And so you have to do more work to get it, and then it goes away, and then you do more work to get it. Then it goes away, and you do more work to get it, and then it goes away. away, like bread that doesn't last. You know, you know how bread works? Yeah, you do. You're not dumb. <laughs> you eat it, and then it's gone. And so then you need more bread. You need to make more bread, and you eat it, and then it's gone. Or if you don't eat it, it goes stale, so then you need to get new bread, and then it's gone. Like this is something that is temporary. It doesn't last. And the truth is that the things that we rely on, the things that we look to in our faith with Jesus, we say this is good things that we, we might build our faith on. These are not things that last. They are temporary. And you've got to keep working if you're going to build your face on, faith on these things. So if your faith is built on your community, you've got to keep working to make sure that your community holds together because your youth group isn't going to last. People are going to graduate and leave, or, or, or people are going to leave your church. It's always going to happen. So you've got to keep working to get that community. If your faith is built on the times that you get to sing to Jesus, it's good stuff, but you've got to keep working because you're going to need new songs, because the old songs are going to get boring, or the band at your church is going to be less good than it used to be, or less good than the band at Soul Survivor, and so you're going to keep your eye out for the better band. You've always got to keep working, or or the the miracles that you see, like, oh, I got to see someone get healed. Great, but that's exciting one day, but you're going to forget about it the next, and sometimes God doesn't answer all your prayers. God doesn't do the things that you want. They are temporary things, and if you make your faith about those things, then your faith will not last because you have to keep working for them. You have to keep finding the right prayers to pray or the good things to do so that God will keep giving you the good things. But the work of God is this, to believe in the one that he has sent, to trust in Jesus. Well, why would you do that? That's the big question. Why? What well, Jesus tells us. He says, I am the bread of life. What does that mean? Well, how does bread work? Well, when you get bread, you, now, I'm going to tell you a little bit of science, and I know nothing about science, because I teach, you know, I just, like, write stupid Bible books. But uh, but the way I think it works is you eat your food, and and it goes into your mouth, and then it goes down your esophagus. Yeah, and then it goes into your stomach. Yeah, I know. I know the stomach. goes into your stomach, and then it gets squashed up there, and then it goes into your intestines, and then it gets absorbed by your intestines, and, then, and the inte- then it goes into your bloodstream, and then magic happens. This is the bit I don't understand, but it turns into energy, which keeps your heart pumping and your lungs breathing and your legs moving and your arms waving and, and your mouth talking and your brain thinking. It, all those things happen because you eat food. It gives you life. And so if it's temporary food, then you've got to keep eating it. But if Jesus is the bread of life, what he is saying is if you want life, then you come to him. If you want to be sustained, then you come to him. If you want something that is eternal, that you don't have to keep working for, something that, is, that, happen, that happens forever, so you only have to do one thing and trust in him, if you want that, then you come to Jesus. Jesus is the one who offers us life. Jesus is the one who offers us meaning. Jesus is the one who offers us true acceptance, true community, true miracles. Jesus is where all of that is and everything else that is good points to Him. And so we go to Him for life. We believe in Him. Jesus is the bread of life. And how do we know that He is? Well, He showed us in His life. The fact that He lived on earth and showed us how to live. The fact that He died on the cross taking the punishment that we deserve for our rebellion against God. And the fact that He rose again, defeating death, shows us that He has life. No one else has risen back to life again. No one else has defeated death like Jesus has. But Jesus' promise, as we see in this passage, is that everyone who looks on to the Son will be raised to life at the last day, that He will raise them up. The promise is that if you trust in Jesus, just like He rose again and defeated death, you too will be able to rise again and defeat death like Him. So how do you know that Jesus is the bread of life, the one that you can go to for life? You see what He has done. You see it in the way that He lived, and you see what He offers you by putting your faith in Him. It's got to be Jesus. And everything else just points to Him. Everything else is just a sign. And so we don't stay with those things. We don't build our love of Jesus on our singing or on our knowledge or in our community, or on the miracles. We don't build it on those things. We build it on Jesus because everything else is temporary. Do not swap what is eternal for what is temporary. So you might be saying, well, how do, how do I know if I'm more interested in the things of Jesus than in Jesus himself? How do, how do I know? Well, I think you can know because if you look at those things that you love, and if they disappeared, if your faith would fall apart, or if you would leave Jesus, then you know that your faith is built on the things of Jesus and not on Jesus. There are some things in my life that I love. One of those things I love is McDonald's. I really love McDonald's. I, I love, and I, I know, it's, you know it's not the, the best food in the world, but there's a lot of good stuff going for it. The fact that it's easy, and I know exactly what I'm getting, and it tastes pretty darn good. And I really like going to McDonald's and, you know, I got going to the screens and pressing the buttons because I don't like talking to people. And McDonald's helps me not to talk to people, so that's nice. And so I like pressing the buttons. I like sitting down a meal. I like eating the burger and I like eating the fries and I like drinking the Coke. I like those things. And if I was to turn up to McDonald's and I went to those screens and I went to order things, I'm like, where's, where's the Angus Classic? The Angus Classic? The Angus McClassic? I don't know, it's the Angus Classic one. Where's it gone? And like, it's not there. There are no burgers there. What is there? And it's like, quality time. I'm like, what? Why are you trying to sell me quality time? It's like, a good conversation. And I can pick that. i they like, we don't actually want you to love us for our burgers. We just want to have a great relationship with you, Tom. Come and spend time with us at McDonald's. And then I have to go and sit down with, you know, Janelle, the manager, for 15 minutes and get to know her. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I would never go to McDonald's again. I'd be like, stuff you, McDonald's. I'm not in McDonald's for the relationship. I'm definitely here for the food. And if there is no food, then I'm not coming back. Or if your food gets, you know, just significantly worse, then I'm not coming back. I will go to Hungry Jack's. The burgers are better there, so I'll go there. That's how I feel. I'll tell you about something else I love, or actually someone else I love, and that's my wife. Yeah, that's nice, isn't it? Now there's a lot of stuff I love about my wife. I love, you know, the conversations that we have. She's fun to hang out with. You know, we, we, you know, we. She's someone who, you know, accompanies me to McDonald's, which is great. Um, she, um, she's smart. Uh, she's, she's a, she's just a great companion. The other great thing is she earns money. I love that too. That's really good. She helps pay the rent. She helps, she helps more to pay the rent than I'd pay the rent. Uh, she, which is great. I love those things, but I'll tell you what, if she came to me one day and said, Tom, we've just found out that studying law doesn't bring in any money, and no longer a lawyers going to be rich, they're going to work for free, I I wouldn't be like, well, you're done. <laughs> I'm going to go find someone who can earn some money. I can't, I wouldn't do that. And, I, and if she was, you know, stopped being able to have good conversations with me, I wouldn't be like, well, Yeah, the jokes aren't funny anymore, divorce. Like, that's not what would happen. (laughs) That's not why I love her. The reason why I love her is because she's my wife, because I've committed to her, and she's committed to me. It doesn't matter about what she can give me. It just matters that we are committed to each other, and I'm committed to her for the rest of her life, or the rest of my life, or the rest of both of our lives, if hopefully we die together in a really romantic kind of notebook kind of situation. But without, without the kind of, you know, cheating on other people thing that happens in the notebook. Not that bit, just the, you know, when they get old and die? That's romantic. All right, I'm now distracted. But that, I can't treat Emily like I treat McDonald's. And the truth is, with Jesus, we can't treat Jesus like we treat McDonald's. That we commit ourselves to him because he is committed to us. We love him because he loves us. We love him because he loved us first. The Bible tells us while we were still sinners Christ died for us. That he saw us in our need. He saw that we were lost and he came and he found us and he brought us home. And he loves us no matter how well we pray. He loves us no matter, you know, how many things we do right or no, how many things we do wrong. He loves us because He loves us. He is committed to us through life and death and back to life again. And so we commit ourselves to Him. That is why we are committed to Him. And so we can lose our community and we still stay committed to Him. We can sing the most boring songs in the world and we still stay committed to Him. We can never see another answered prayer again. And we still say, you found me when I was lost. That is enough for me. We can, we can, you know, lose all the smart things we have to say about Christianity and we can still stay committed to Him because it's not about what we know or who we are with or the songs we sing or the stuff that we do. It's only about the person of Jesus. We commit ourselves to Him. And so then the, the last question is, how then do you make your faith about Jesus and not about the stuff? Well, one of the things I would say to do is to focus your worship on the person of Jesus. Not on, don't think about how you're feeling because a great worship time is not a time where you feel really good. You can feel nothing but direct everything to Jesus and it can be a great worship time. Focus on the person of Jesus. Don't focus on the amazing things that you can do. If you pray prayers, And people are healed, fantastic, but that's not what it's about. There's a story in Luke where Jesus' disciples go out and they, you know, cast out demons, they heal people, and they come back and they tell Jesus. And he says, don't rejoice that the demons submit to you, but rejoice that your name is written in the book of life. And so rejoice, not by any spiritual power that you may or may not have, but rejoice in the fact that you have a God who loves you and he sent his son Jesus for you. Because that is what it's about. And the second thing that you can do is focus, figure out what it is that you might be tempted to build your faith upon and then worship Jesus in the exact opposite way. So if you need a really great worship time of singing with great band and stuff, then go and spend some time alone by yourself, just with a Bible, and and worship Jesus that way. Or if you need people around you, if, it, if you just love your youth group then go and go to church with some people who you don't know and spend some time worshiping Jesus that way or if it's about the you know about the really smart things that you get to, to learn about Jesus and there's some great things to learn well if it's about those things spend some time with people who totally disagree with you and know that both of you still love Jesus and that your faith is not built on the things that you know but it's built on the one who has saved you Figure out what it is that you might build your faith on and then go somewhere else, unless it's Jesus. Focus on Him and everything else will fall into place. All the good things that you get can be signs that point you to Jesus who loves you and gave His life for you at the cross. And who promises that if you trust in Him, He will raise you up on the last day. If you are someone who is not a Christian, then what this means for you is that everything in your life is temporary. And everything will let you down. That's just the way temporary things work. Things don't last. Your friendships don't last. The people you love don't get they don't get to stick around forever, neither do you. Your your health will fail. Your achievements will not be as good as you hope that they are. Everything will let you down except for the one person who is the bread of life. That's Jesus. And if you trust in Him, you will see that He is the one who gives you true life, true significance, true hope, true purpose, and then everything else that you get to do, all your other relationships, all your, all your other work, all your other achievements, everything else can, can be part of the good things that He gives you. If you put make Him number one, He gave His life for you at, your, at the cross. He rose again so that you would know that He defeated death on your behalf. Put your trust in Him and everything else can submit to Him. And if you are a Christian, then what this means for you is that you need to make sure that the center of your faith is not a thing, but it is Jesus. It is not something temporary, but it is the one who is eternal, the one who is the beginning and the end, the Alpha and Omega, Jesus Christ Himself, who defeated death on your behalf. You put Him at the center, And everything else will find its right place. I'm going to say a prayer for us, and then we are going to move into a time of response. Will you pray with me? Father God, we thank you that you sent your son Jesus so that we might know true life, we thank you that you sent the one who is eternal so that we might know the eternal gift of your son. God, we are sorry that we sometimes build our faith on things which are temporary, that we are distracted by the things that you give us instead of focusing on what, who you are and who your son is. Please help us this week to make it all about Jesus and let everything else be a good gift from you. Amen.